You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahomin Nation. I will be your host, and I am Maureen, and I am an astrologer who's had a very strange week. <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome. On today's episode, I have been requested to look at the chart of Canada. Now, mundane astrology is something I have always dabbled in, uh, but make no claim to expertise, but inquiring minds want to know. So um, I'm just going to start with a bit of a brief outline on um, what we look at when it comes to um, mundane astrology. And so in consideration of world affairs, the planets supply the initiating factors, whether personalities or environment, the aspects, it's, if they're favorable or unfavorable, the signs, the geographical divisions of the Earth's surface to be affected, the houses, the economic or political conditions of the people to be affected or activated. Okay, so the sun represents, this would be our prime minister, executive heads, government, legislative, the moon, the pro proletariat, or us common people, particularly women, crowds, uh, subjects or objects of popular interest, water transportation conditions, occupations, land and crops, uh, Mercury, the intelligentsia, the literary world, the transportation and communication industries, the press, educators, speakers, new commentators, and change. Venus are our ambassadors of goodwill, preservers of peace, artists, musicians, theater, festivals, births, children, courtship, and marriage. Unfavorable aspects bring plagues and pestilence. Ooh, I don't like that one. Uh, Mars, military leaders, surgeons, persons liable to die, engineers, agitators, incendiaries, criminals, crimes of violence, epidemic, epidemics of infectious and contagious disease. I will definitely be checking out this one uh, with in regards to the coronavirus. Uh, whether or not a country goes to war, commotions are stirred up by Mars aspects to the sun. Okay, uh, Jupiter is about the judiciary. Okay, religious leaders. <laughs> not even going to try that word. <laughs> Industrialists, capitalists, philanthropists, philanthropic movements, influences in support of order, peace, prosperity, and plenty. Ooh, if afflicted, Afflicted, thank you. <laughs> Overproduction. Okay, Saturn, the minor state executives, law enforcement authorities, civil servants, landowners, mine operators, elderly persons, public buildings, national calamities, scarcities. Uranus, air and rail transport, labor organizations, strikes and riots, civic organizations, anarchy, inventions, electrical and radio industry. Neptune, the little people, social movements, socialized medicine, hospitalizations, charities, sedition, uh, socialist political movements, and widespread unrest. And lastly, Pluto, 
organized labor, chain stores, syndicates, group activities, mob psychology, whether the mob be capitalists drunk with power or unemployed crazed by hunger. Okay, so I suspect that this list has been developed over time by astrologers who have made it their business to do mundane astrology. Okay, so I have already presented the Canadian chart in past episodes, but let's just have a go at it again. Okay, so our birth date is July the 1st, 1867 at midnight, which was a Monday in Ottawa. Okay, and that gave us an Aries rising. And that in turn makes Mars uh, the general direction that the country's development is likely to go. And so it's situated in Virgo. Now, the other thing that happens with our Aries rising is we have Neptune there. So is it any wonder um, that we have socialized medicine and um, that we are probably considered uh, closer to the uh, socialist political movement than, um, let's say, totalitarianism. We kind of definitely lean that way. And we are also concerned with the little people. We do have uh, a reasonably effective welfare system. Okay, but the Mars, I found this kind of interesting because it is situated in uh, the arena called, um, this would be agriculture, it's sixth house. It also speaks to the whole uh, socialized medicine. Um, it says that our military is likely to be, you know, top notch. Um, but it also is speaking about industry. And, you know, I think... I know in my own mind, I sort of see Canada more as a resource-based economy. But this Mars is suggesting that, yeah, we should literally be looking a little more closely at detailed work, you know, that you would find in manufacturing. This would also possibly be um, the tech industries, um, but manufacturing in general. Now, um, one of the things that it commented on was uh, whether or not there were bad aspects between the Sun and Mars, and there aren't, um, not natally anyway. But natally, um, our heads of government, um, there's likely to be a unusual quality to them. And I'm just thinking, yeah, we had the scrapper in Jean Chrétien, um, Justin Trudeau, he's just sort of a chip off the old block, but his dad was definitely pushed the envelope. Um, and the other thing that I found interesting about the position of the sun is it is almost exactly conjunct Uranus. And um, I'm, di you know, I'm digressing here quite a ways, but I, I don't want to miss the point that um, Uranus in that list was saying about railways rail transport and how to get the PM's attention. Oh, let's see now. Let's su shut down the rail system. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure the indigenous leaders uh, do not consult astrologers on this kind of stuff, but I just find it interesting that that symbolism actually works. Okay, so with that Aries rising, of course, we are good pioneers, but we can't just stay in that pioneering mode. And um, the current 
um, unfolding that I'll talk about a little bit later is showing, yeah, we need to update our um, image from that of being just a pioneering country in that sort of colonial sense, right? That all has to change. Okay, also with the six house topics, of course, our financial institutions, which I believe the Canadian banking system has a very good reputation. So it does fit. Okay, now the Neptune, I've already spoke about, we do bring in our socialized medicine. Um, okay, so now the next piece that does speak directly to the people in the country, of course, is the moon. And our moon is in Gemini in the third house. And so it's kind of obvious that we have two official languages. Um, and the third house makes our vast distances become familiar. Now, Venus is here too. So our ambassadorship, our ability to preserve peace, uh, to support arts and artists, uh, I would say, you know, until very recently, that was a kind of a perfect fit. We were known as the peacekeepers, um, uh, especially relative to the UN. Uh, that has shifted. Um, and by the way, Venus has shifted herself in our unfolding. And that does speak to the change. I'm just realizing it. Yeah. So um, when I get to it, the unfolding of whether it's a person's chart or in this case, a country, Venus has now caught up to Pluto, and that does make sense, where our, instead of just being known as peacekeepers, maybe we've kind of lost that label altogether, um, we are now more noted for possibly our military expertise, definitely not the quantity, though. I'm, I always kind of have to smile. I love our military. We, you know, I know lots of people in it, um, um, but we're small. <laughs> folks and people have to remember that you know in comparison to the U.S. or China even comparing the U.S. to China you know we have like 10 soldiers and China has like 3,000 so we're tiny but we're effective okay uh the sun we already talked a bit about that uh, we have this unusual twist um and it's a sensitive sun. This is sun in Cancer. Now that is the same as the US, but the US is a day chart and ours is a night chart. And with it down in the fourth house, it does imply that our leadership must be sensitive to the roots of this country. And of course, of the last, you know, 10 years or so, those roots have been, you know, coming home to roost as it were in terms of us um, paying attention to what needs to happen with reconciliation with the uh, indigenous people that were here before we came. And there has to be continued sensitivity. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's kind of a given with who we are. Okay, um, the other thing that it speaks to is we did not walk down the melting pot road that our neighbors went. Um, we actually respect the, um, the places that all of our peoples have come from. Um, and we try to honor that in our diversity rather than expecting everybody to, you know, be molded into the same picture. Okay, now Mercury plays host to the people 
um, and to our ability to be ambassadors. And it is in Leo. And so it, this piece kind of strikes me as the part where we don't want to play second fiddle to the U.S. We want to have our own distinct culture. Um, we don't want to lose or be assumed by any other culture. And that speaks to definitely Leo, Mercury, fifth house, creativity. And it also puts, um, because it is disposing, um, the Venus and the Moon. Um, it makes our in you know our intelligentsia in the literary world have reached um, are widely known throughout the world, um, and it's also speaking to the fact that we are going to have to be creative to meet the changing nature of the world. Um, that is, we need to be able to update our vision of ourselves. Okay, now the moon, or not the moon, pardon me. Um, the next piece that I'm going to comment on is where we have um, our toughest row to hoe, as it were. And because it is a night chart, this is Saturn. And it is saying that we must develop wisdom. And this will be evidenced or mirrored through our, you know, state executives, law enforcement, uh, civil servants, landowners, mine operators, that's an interesting one, uh, given the uh, current um, nixing of the tech mine scenario. And it also speaks to how well we care for the elderly, which <laughs> as I'm starting to join those ranks, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that Canada steps up to the plate and gets really responsible in this arena. Um, and, you know, I mean, just to note on the news this morning, BC um, that has put out a lot of its nursing home scenarios to uh, profit industry are having to take them back because they're looking at uh, insufficient care levels, which is not a good thing. Yeah. Okay, so Saturn is in Scorpio and... Um, this is recognizing that um, we have to have the maturity to deal with um, really strong emotions around um, situations um, and not to, you know, sort of lose sight of the us and them type scenarios, which of course... Um, can happen when you start to get emotional extremes. Um, you know, you get the blacks, the whites, instead of realizing that wisdom demands that the grays be understood and sought for rather than, you know, one side winning and the other side lo losing. Um, so that is something that um, right now is obviously under, um, under stress at the moment. Okay, now Jupiter is um, a benefic, but we put him in the 12th house of self-undoing. Hmm, can we keep this country in one piece? And periodically, there have been challenges to um, maintaining um, all of Canada. And um, I mean, it was Quebec. Now, sometimes Alberta feels like it must leave um, because its interests are not being um, looked after in the way they want. And that is a question. And Jupiter in the 12th does speak to that. 
Okay, so, but it also speaks to our law, uh, to religious people, to, you know, industrialists and capitalists, um, philanthropy and that type of stuff. Peace, prosperity, and plenty fall in the 12th house of our undoing. Hmm. So that is, bears in mind that our leadership must recognize that uh, we can't get huge um, splits in wealth uh, without it endangering, literally endangering the country as, you know, as an entity that exists. Okay, so the last one I'm going to look at is Pluto, and it is, you know, organized labor, chain store syndicates, group activities, mob psychology, um, you know, those that are either drunk with power or crazed with hunger. Now, this sits in our second house of resources. And the um, first time I saw this chart, I went, oh, well, of course, we're a resource-based economy. But if we're being led by Mars, that means we can't just stay there. We can't just expect our resources to be the um, bulwark of our economy. And... Um, it's also, you know, obviously where power struggles are going to happen. And, you know, ergo with uh, the conditions around uh, the indigenous land claims and pipelines and all of that, that's definitely speaking to uh, that Pluto in Taurus in the second house. Okay, so what is happening right now? And when can we expect things to get back to normal? Well, <laughs> I actually don't think that's ever going to happen again. <laughs> Um, I, I think normal is um, is a moving target uh, that is defined probably every day. And um, but I can look at what's unfolding in our story right at the moment. And so what I looked at was, and I look at this in the same way I would for a person's chart. I looked at what's the internal timing, what's supposed to be kind of flourishing or unfolding right at the moment. And then um, how that, um, that script and the original script is being impacted by the weather, which is where the planets are today. So we're coming up to our 153rd birthday. So we're, we're really kind of one of the new kids on the block, definitely. Um, and the focus uh, of our leadership right now should be on new horizons, new adventures. Um, but we cannot overlook and we need to be sensitive to our roots. The challenge is a damned if you do, damned if you don't. This dynamic will reach a peak the first week of July and again in October. Okay, the population is about to shift away from the status quo and be more interested in seeing a map for the future. This should be rolled out by mid-March, I'm thinking around the 17th, if possible. The last time our progress moon entered Aquarius, Brian Mulrooney signed NAFTA, so that was 1992. We now have a new NAFTA, and other trade disputes are also brewing. You know, we still haven't settled the one with China, given the Huawei, no, was it Huawei? No, that's the where the virus came from. Um, oh yeah, the 5G network thing and the fact that it's we've been hampered in uh, moving our agricultural crops to China. 
Mercury, our people with minds, have come to a significant pause. Now, this one I found quite interesting. Okay, since November of 2000, uh, Mercury has been moving backwards, requiring a rethink of the national story. It paused then with emphasis on extreme emotional expression. We changed our laws from the L for the LGBTQ uh, group. Walkerton E. coli was happening then, and we also had the Quebec referendum, which meant that we rewrote um, the way that Quebec could present um, a uh, another referendum, like we clarified all that. Also at that time, um, the conservative right-wing side of our political spectrum was going through a shift. It was going from um, reform, being called the Reform Party, to the Alliance Party. And at that time, uh, Chrétien was, uh, liberals were in power. Since then, what we have learned and now what common sense can prevail, the pain of learning our past history is being revealed, and now we must move forward. Okay, so... At the same time right now, Jupiter left the 12th house of confinement and self-undoing back in 1982. And it's stationed in um, the 11th house, which um, gives us an opportunity to rethink our um, the way we want to move forward. And at that time in, so when it did this was 1944, and we introduced the Family, Family Allowance Act, which had to do with welfare, um, a very classic Aquarian um, signature. But we have, um, <clears throat> so at that time, Jupiter had stationed and it was turning direct. So that means this year it's moving back into Pisces. And hopefully we have addressed and updated our legal systems and social systems to ensure that peace, prosperity, and plenty. Um, there is a hope that we have done that, although, I mean, I'm sure there are still laws on the books that probably could be gone by now. Um, and the other thing is, have we made enough changes um, to ensure that we remain a uh, country? Yeah, because that uh, Jupiter sitting in the 12th house, we could undo ourselves. Okay, uh, next I noticed that the axis that describes our maturity towards handling our resources and the group mind tendency with those resources, um, our sense of nationhood is being asked to be updated as well. And obviously us and them is not the answer. Along with our ability to spread goodwill and be persevere our preservers of peace so venus is conjoining saturn um power sharing i see is important and that would speak to again how we're coming to terms with giving back title to the indigenous groups um, and how we can share and uh, grow our systems together now to look at the weather outside as I talked about in past episodes, we are coming off a major new cycle that started between Pluto and Saturn. They were last together in 1982, the year that our natal Jupiter stationed and turned direct. Okay, 
And at that point, we separated from Great Britain. And that is because the conjunction happened in our seventh house. So, uh, which is the House of Partners, and we got a divorce from Britain. Now, this next cycle is in our 10th house of reputation and how we are seen on the world stage and what we bring to the table. So, can we move away from being colonizers? Um, can we um, have uh, an update to modern philosophical point of view? Have we matured and taken responsibility for our past actions? Literally, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction fell on our Chiron-Saturn midpoint. And I haven't spoke um, yet on any of these episodes about Chiron, but it's basically where we have been wounded or where we've wounded ourselves relative to being a country. And that wound is in that position of self-undoing. And so it's like if we don't find a reasonable course through reconciling with our indigenous populations, um, we do risk um, the status of being a whole country. Okay, other notable transits, this current Mercury retrograde is wandering through again, through that house of self-undoing. Okay, so it's... Um, I guess what I could say to this is it, it isn't surprising that the natives are making a stand um, and they're not backing down from that. We have to come to the table. We have to do it in a way that understands how their culture works, which is different than ours, um, and so that there is that respect at the table um, and the ability to find a way through it. Um, and again, failure will have consequences to our nationhood. Extremes are not the answer. Okay, so um, let's see now. Saturn will give us a drive-by of what needs to be addressed in our near future. And that's coming up starting uh, the end of March and will last um, until the last day of June. And this is going to be a qualitative difference that we all feel. But in terms of the Canadian perspective, it does um, give us a note of hope and opportunity that um, we are going to be able to strike um, a note towards finding a way to be with um, our reconciliation in, um, into the future. So look for a shift in the tone at that time. Um, Okay, I'm hoping that a new deal can be signed, like in place and signed, by January of 2021. Um, yeah, and that could bring about a new image for this country. Okay, so the guy, Uranus, in charge of chaos and change, has one more kick at us now, which should wind down after the middle of March. Bear in mind that the status quo is not an option, and we really want to move in significantly new directions when it comes to managing our natural resources. In 2022, Uranus will conjoin Pluto and oppose Saturn. Now this, um, I made comment to this one quite a while back because this was the same aspect that took us into the Second World War. And so, you know, obviously... My hope is that the world is not on the brink of one of those. Um, 
And yeah, I hope that at that point in time, we have come to a new way of working with our natural resources, if for no other reason than the sake of the planet. Okay, so um, for the near future, we have two minor irritations to contend with. First up is a retrograde period with Venus and Gemini. Trying to stay on top of who says what and who is aligned with who will be exasperating. Um, and this may speak to our the conservative uh, leadership um, contest that's going to be on. It could also speak to who, whether it's the provinces or the federal government that are dealing with um, the indigenous question. And this could also speak to who's dealing with um, the other major thing on most people's mind, which is the coronavirus. Okay, so from April 7th to 12th, the volume and the tensions get high while Venus squares Jupiter and Mars. So those could be tricky times. Um, this action comes back June 13th to July 6th. Um, meanwhile, our ability to negotiate is put to the test or to maintain alliances, and that's April 23rd, 24th, and again, May 30th, 31st, and July the 21st. Now, if anyone out there in the audience actually has contracts with the government, <laughs> I'd write those little dates down. I'd back up the tape and I'd write those dates down. Yeah. Um, these are also dates which could spell um, a minority government fall, whether that be provincial or federal, um, because again, it's about those negotiated agreements. Okay, Mars heads into Aries and direct action can get real cautious. Uh, cautiousness needs to be exercised. So this is July 12th, 13th. And then again, July 23rd, 28th, and the month of November. Now, at this point, I did switch to talking about our PM, but I am going to fast forward because it is this Mars period that I think is speaking to whether or not we're going to see any kind of major outbreak of the coronavirus. Um, and so we'll get our first chance to get a sense of whether that's going to be so around May the 20th. If cases are front and center, then expect an uptick at the end of June with a peak when Mars first crosses our ascendant the last week of July. Our next hurdle will be November when Mars stations and turns direct on our ascendant. So if we pass those earlier dates without any significant coronavirus things, I think we can collectively as a country breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> Yay. Uh, but if those dates do represent an uptick, then um, our systems need to definitely be prepared for November because that could be when it gets, it would reach its height. Okay. And now hopefully she hasn't got all her pages all totally messed up because now I'm going to switch to the leader. Now, I suspect in the ancient times that following, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, like a king's chart um, was probably more effective than a prime minister's chart, but I'm not entirely sure. And again, um, mundane astrology has not been my main focus. 
And so I will include Justin Trudeau, who, um, okay, so his data is uh, December 25th, uh, 1971, at 9.27 p.m. in Ottawa. He has, and I just need to switch the papers that I've got up here, he has uh, Virgo Rising, which makes his Mercury particularly important. Um, and is an indicator for the overall direction or purpose of his life. Now, his Mercury is in Sagittarius in the fourth, and I see dynasty here and legacy with it being co-present with Jupiter. And so in some ways, his life is a continuation on of what his father set in motion. His moon is in Aries, and his, which is his other personal planet. And so attention to detail, perfectionists with a legacy to maintain meets act first and possible with death barking at his heels. Rash when feeling threatened, and can he read the situation correctly? That is a complication. And so... What's interesting, though, is that um, with that Mars and the legacy piece, he does tie in with Canada because it is a legacy thing that we are dealing with right at the moment. So maybe he was or is the right prime minister for this moment in time. Um, his moon does sit directly on um, the ascendant of Canada. Um, and his son sits up in the 10th house of the Canadian chart. So, you know, but leaders aren't meant to be there forever. So at this moment, he might just have been the right person. And my friend just handed me a glass of water. Yay! Okay, so timing right on cue with a first house perfection. He has updated his appearance with a beard. So this Hellenistic thing of annual perfections. Yeah, there is something to this. His maturity or lack thereof is on display. Most obvious now and again in July and November. From a Hellenistic point of view, beginning in June of 2010, Justin Trudeau started a new chapter in his life. And we would expect it... Um, to be a peak period. Now, moving on from the start of that, he's now into seven paragraphs with the following subjective experiences. Okay, so from uh, 2010 of June to November of 2012, uh, it was all about relationship activity. So building his place in parliament. Um, and that's when he ran for parliament for the first time. Um, November of 2012 to 2013, he is then pushing and winning the leadership race, which happened April 14th, 2013. A new paragraph started in November of 2013. Building trust should have been what it was all about. This time was also his start time for becoming the PM, Prime Minister, with two more paragraphs before he actually won the election on October. October 19th, 2015. This was a Gemini period. And in his chart, that is a peak period. In other words, lots of activity. Okay, and I'm just going to switch some papers here. Um, okay, now until May 
2017, he was in a cancer period, which is the start. So <clears throat> his government would embark upon lots of new things. Um, and unfortunately, he was a little too quick to exert power. Um, and the whole SNC-Lavalin thing kind of blew up on him, which is interesting given his um, moon in Aries in the 8th. This is how to do power sharing. And so relative to big business and its influence within a government circles, this is where his rashness can and has got him into trouble. Okay, now in following the timeline on the um, Canadian pipeline with the Wet'suwet'en, I hope I'm saying that correctly, um, that one started, and I tracked this one very carefully because this was the question that I was asked, like when are we gonna see some changes with that? Is it gonna come to an end? And so the timing that I see is um, we are going to look for some significant positive movement. So I'm going to give you some dates here. Uh, March 8th, again on March the 22nd, and then the final one is March 31st. And by that point in time, transiting Saturn will have shifted into Aquarius, and we are all going to notice a change where it's like, how do we get forward movement? Now, the big shift, if the conditions around the whole pipeline activity have not been resolved uh, by April the 8th, um, we might expect a government to fall because by that point, I think everybody is going to be completely fed up with the situation. And from his chart, that's what I would say is when we might expect um, a change to have occurred and for things to be moving in the right direction. And I do have a little froggy throat, so I'm going to take another sip of water. Okay, now the other thing that I thought I would also bring up is, and it, this is sort of in the same vein, and that is electional charts. And so an astrologer can spend some time if you have something that you want to start. Um, that can be a new business, um, launching a new product line, um, buying a car or a house. And what you will do is you will ask an astrologer for the best possible given a specific time frame. So you have to give them a time, you know, if it's the month of March or two weeks at the end of April or whatever, and see if they can find an auspicious moment for that activity. Now, there are astrologers who, um, and I have um, joined a group, um, in other words, it's like a uh, patronage thing. And um, so there's two astrologers who every month they work out the best possible electional charts in general. And I would like to start passing some of those along. Now, if you are interested in these, um, you can also join and listen to their podcast. And uh, the website is theastrologypodcast.com. 
and forward slash episodes. And under that, you will find Chris Brennan and Lisa Schleim. And they're the ones that come up with these um, electional charts. So just to give you a sample of how they might work. So in March, um, I they came up with four charts. I could only use two of them here in Powell River. And your location makes a difference. So um, if you're going to try to find one of these charts, um, you definitely need to um, go looking using the coordinates of where you want that scenario to happen um, because in some of the charts that they came up with there in Colorado, I couldn't use them here in Powell River because they just didn't work. And so for the month of March, it's auspiciously really good for people who want to start things that require aesthetically pleasing conditions. So if you were to open a dog grooming place or a beauty parlor or launch a new line of clothes or um, put on, um, you know, like a concert, uh, anything that involves any of the five physical senses, then this is your month. <clears throat> and the dates, I've got both these charts are up on the website, so you can have a look at them. Uh, the first one is March the 9th at, and of course this is for Powell River, uh, 9.43 a.m., okay, for the launch. And um, the next one is March the 22nd, and again, 8.55 a.m. So maybe the music concert thing's out. <laughs> That's a little too early in the morning. But for other activities, you know, like um, buying an aesthetically pleasing car or uh, siding on the dotted line for a house, um, those things would work. Although actually I should counter that. The March 22nd one, maybe not so much for buying property. Uh, the sun's in the 12th house ruling the 4th, not a good idea. Okay, so literally what an astrologer has to do is they have to look at big time, where are the benefic planets and are they well situated? And so we don't want to chart with Venus or Jupiter in the 12th, the 8th, or the 6th house of the chart. That's a definite no-go. Um, the next thing that we want to look at is where is the moon? Because the moon is actually the instigator of these charts. And we want the moon to be again in good house and not in the 12th, the 8th, or the 6th. We also want it making a nice applying aspect to uh, the benefics, if possible. So applying to a nice um, trine or sextile to either Venus or Jupiter. And we want the malefics tucked away in a quiet corner where they can't do any harm. <laughs> so as you could well imagine, that's just about impossible. But you can try to squeeze out the best case scenario. So for the March 9th electional chart, we have Venus in the first house. It's angular, so he's very happy. Venus is in, his own, her, in her own sign, and that's where that whole aesthetic piece is coming from. So that's all good. We have the moon in Virgo, um, which is making a really nice aspect to Jupiter, the other benefic, the greater benefic in a day chart. And both of these are day charts. 
Um, and so it's in the fifth house. That's a good house. Um, it's adding, um, you know, things being uh, particularly perfect to the situation, which is nice. Um, it is coming up to a trine to Jupiter. Now, Jupiter is far enough away from both Saturn and Mars, although it is bracketed by those two. So this is not the best Jupiter in the world, but it's not bad. And again, these are the kinds of compromises that have to happen with elections. This is all happening in the ninth house. And so if the aesthetically pleasing thing that you are beginning has something to do with foreigners or with um, long distance travel or what would be another thing, Capricorn, um, institutional type settings, education, that kind of thing. So to sign up for a course, an, um, let's say uh, learning to do body tattoos, to sign up on March the 9th at 9.43 a.m., bonus points, right? So literally that's what you do is you look at the symbolism and you go, okay, this is what this could be really used for and used well. Now, the March 22nd chart, um, again, we have Venus is still in Taurus. It's still in the first house. So again, um, March is all about, you know, starting things that are aesthetically pleasing. The moon, though, now, instead of being in Virgo, is now in Pisces, but it's in the 11th house of very good fortune. Um, and it is still applying to um, both a sextile to Venus and um, a sextile to Jupiter. The only difference here is Saturn is in the 10th house. And so whatever you sign up to do or purchase or start on March the 22nd at 8.55 a.m., it's going to take a while for it to manifest with that Saturn in the 10th. That sort of slows things down. Um, but otherwise, um, yeah, another good chart. So the elections for March. And both of them are after, yay, Mercury turns direct. Okay, so let me finish off this episode with Where's That Moon? This is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.